Hello and welcome to the Science Fiction Book Review Podcast. My name is Luke Burridge and this is the show where I review every single science fiction book that I read as I read it. There's no set schedule, it's just whenever I finish a book I do the review, stick it up here on the podcast feed for everyone to download and listen to. And joining me today is Juliana. Say hello, Juliana. Hello, everyone. And today um, I, I just realised that I, I kind of caught, caught myself out. I've rearranged the monitors in my laptop on my desk and suddenly oh, yes, I, I glanced course. over to see and I'm like, oh, I can't see what I'm saying because the monitors are a bit over to the right hand side a bit more than normal. Um, anyway, so that's a change of setup a, a little slight change of setup and i'm already throwing myself off but my notes on this other screen over here so um today we're going to be talking about novel a little bit of um uh, a little bit of um, meta podcast business to start with though podcasting Ooh. about the podcast this is episode 449 which means Ooh. that we're gonna we're gonna roll over um, to, to 450 an, yeah we're gonna <gasps> i mean 50 isn't i was gonna say we're gonna roll over to a round number no it's not a round number it's no more round than it's a, it's a roman digit you know it, it'll, oh, be, yes. it'll be a very neat roman uh, roman digit uh, l. l yeah oh so, it's just l well yeah I mean, i'm saying 50 like the the numbers oh, the, the numbers which get a roman digit are kind of important if you know what i mean so you get oh, one yeah. and then you get five, five. And then you 10. get 10 and then 50 is the next one and then 100, you know. So it's a little bit oh, different yes, than it, like it's like uh, monetary denominations. You get a 1, 2, 5, 10 and then 20 and then 50. But yeah. normally, but in America, you get the quarters, which are 25, you know what I mean? So there's right. like these different things like these these uh, milestones. Yes. But anyway, what, it, what we do is every 50 episodes, which comes around every we do like 50 episodes every year and a half or something. We do <laughs> we do a special episode and we don't have a special episode plan or topic or anything like that yeah, at the true. moment so we I think need i did come up with something at some point we'll come up with something but uh, our I, previous... I always forget these things if you don't write them, write them down yeah they our... just will just disappear i guess i can look at some previous special episodes like what did you know episode 50 i can't remember what they were but like we've we've done various different things so uh uh oh i can't i can't pick them out pick them out this oh yeah at 300 we did 300 sfbrp episodes at 200 we did top science fiction novels and series where we kind of like talked about that kind of an yeah. episode one 100 was science fiction and personal philosophy 150 was reading novels what's uh, 350 was oh i can't see it equal gender representation in science fiction reading oh, yes. habits yes. where i talked about reading 50 percent women authors uh for two years for, for, uh, well, two years oh i thought yeah it was it was, was a two year it was a two-year program where i was ah, yes. uh, i did where i read secretly 50%, nobody nobody noticed. nobody noticed um episode uh 400 was living our best science fiction lives where we talked about the science fictional kind of things that are in our lives right which now. kind of uh, make our lives better or or worse but generally we try to keep it positive like you know the kind of things in science fiction that we now have and and like how we can uh, enjoy those so yeah. yeah now we're coming up to episode 500 which is the next episode and i don't have a special topic so wait we're coming up to oh no sorry we're coming up to 450 <laughs> uh 500 might be an even bigger one because 500 is sort of like 500 the, is yeah. epic is there is that is there a roman numeral for 500 it's c and m, m is a thousand uh, is it d What's D? I don't know. I should D? look at what D is. Okay. Uh, Roman Bring up the Roman numeral list. So, and, and the episode 450 would then be... Uh, what would that be? It is M- D. MML. Is that what? 450? MML? No. What, where we are now? 450? No, we are, we are, uh, uh, we are C... Because we're 100, 100 before D. So we're C, D... Um, 
C-D-I-L. We're, now we're C-D-I-L. So we're one, we're 150 before... Oh, no, no, we're not actually. No, we can just do it this way. We are ILD. I think it's, I don't think, I never really know if there are exact, exact rules for oh, this. Because sure we are one are before, 50 before 500. So we could be at ILD or we could be at one before 50 of 100, after 100. So we could be CDIL or we could be ILD. Um, either way, it doesn't matter. My point okay. is, I'm sure I don't, somebody out there knows. My point is, I don't have a special episode <laughs> idea to talk about. For 450. 450. Okay. So if you're listening to this, email me, luke at juggler.net and say what you think this is. Or better yet, there's actually, oh, we, yeah. we have a listener group, the SFBRP listener group over on goodreads.com. So go to goodreads.com, search for SFBRP listener group and check it out. Just drop it in there. There's a, um, Maybe a, a start thread the new called. Thread. No, no. Oh, no. Is it a there's, thread There's called? a thread episode feedback. So just oh, okay. chuck it in there. You know, people, okay. people I check that thread already. Um, someone actually, uh, uh, some people have been replying to that as well. Someone says, Juliana, make sure sure you show luke some of the art design in illuminae before you send it back to the library it's one of the few books books i've read both in print and listened to in audio and had very different experiences in each mode um lindsay yes. said that message yeah, we might do lindsay. an episode about that actually um well there's not well, so much to, to, no but I, like i, I was okay, also going to talk about other mixed media books yes. where there's like epistolary kind of things and but let me quickly me- reply to that yeah no no i thought we we're going to do an episode um, let's do an episode at that self about okay it. should okay. we do, should we do an episode well, about that in a few to... episodes time let's talk about some mixed mixed, mixed m- media, media books. Ex- book experiences yeah, okay okay do. okay um uh, also uh, mark said um uh, christopher brookmeyer i just heard oh no someone else mentioned that um so uh i Place in the Darkness was a great episode and it was great to hear Juliana take the lead in the review while Luke assisted ably gently steering a bit. Aww, so that's why you. I want you to get on with your uh, uh, these other books you can talk about yes. them as well. Yeah. Um, I will I will get to it now. Also, I have a bit more brain space to yes. do this. And, oh, yeah. Uh, so yes, I right, will I'll skip get, the rest of this feedback because people are just saying, hey, you should back. read this book. And I was like, yeah, I've read that. Caves of Steel, City in the City, Kiln People, Artemis. And so I was like, I've read and reviewed all of those already. So, um, anyway, let's you t- you talk about your news. Okay, news. Uh, let me let me frame it a bit wider. What? Sometimes I feel like I um my two brains are my, my brain is partitioned in two brains. Mm-hmm. My brain is partitioned into the rational, very straightforward, cool yeah. brain. Yeah, and the other one is the childlike emotional brain right and what happens currently is that my rational cool brain has set things in motion a year ago oh yeah. no even longer yeah like probably since we moved here yeah and that which was a year ago we, yeah, <laughs> yes but we, we started yeah. planning that in 2019 yeah. so the idea is was that we move here away from berlin which is like maybe 45 minutes out of berlin yeah really. but driving though. driving yeah. yes but i'm still i still have my job in berlin at the university and um we agreed to lots of people do commutes lots of people do long commutes Yeah, your father commutes into berlin my father still does commute my mom used to commute for like oh and that's important years. because we live like five streets away from where juliana's exactly. parents so now it's the live. same experience <laughs> yeah same so distance. I thought, lots of people do that. I can do that too. And before the before all the pandemic hit, I commuted into work by public transport twice. 
and then the pandemic hit. <laughs> and it took me an hour and a half one oh, way. No. Oh no. So Ooh, that no. means three hours of commute every day. Yeah. And then the pandemic hits. And, and it was like the best I thing ever. Work from home. <laughs> it wasn't the best thing ever. It was the, it's the it worst was, thing ever because, the like, worst I, thing. yeah, but, Juliana doesn't have to commute. Luke can't commute. God. And Luke hasn't Luke worked for a stays year. stays at home. <laughs> yeah. But that showed me, okay, working from home is cool. And before I, before I, like last year i went to do the office a few times you know for like outside meetings yeah um not really to work in the office but just to meet outside and then head i went into my office i got my little office plant which i yeah. i got there when i started working in the office properly is it that one it's that one that sits right yeah. here next yeah. to my monitor and i collected a few papers that i had like like certificates and like yeah. personal papers from the office thinking I'm not going to come back here. Yeah. You're either going to work from home from now on. Mm. Or, like my plan was at the time, I will start working for the University of Applied Sciences in Wildau, which is 10 minutes from where we live. Not 10 minutes drive, 10 minutes walk. 10 minutes, yeah, well, 15 minute walk, yeah. 10 minute bike ride. Yeah. And uh, all all that like going on in my uh, rational cool brain and the yeah. emotional brain things are la 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 yeah. la la I work from home la 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 <laughs> and uh, it's like a long time until I have to think about yeah. renewing the contract because I'm on, on a uh, uh, yeah. on a limited contract. No, but I really I really like this way that you've set it up because you haven't really explained it. I mean, I know this, that literally a year and a half ago when we're like, ah, oh, we should, we're going to move out of Berlin. We're going to move out to the commuting, like in the, 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 the commuter belt. The commuter belt. Um, after, like we lived, like when I say we lived in the center of Berlin, we lived like so close to the center of Berlin yeah. that like our... Um, our local supermarket was at Potsdamer Platz. Yes. You know, like it's yeah. it, 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 it's really really central. close. Yes. Like when people are like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna go to the cinema. Like we're going to the cinema at the Berlin equivalent of like Times Square or yeah. Leicester Square, like the Leicester Square Theatre, yes. where they have all the um you know the all, all of those like central what are we saying like the premieres and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, um, Potsdamer Platz, all the premieres. Th- that was our you know that's where we would go shopping for you know that area. It yeah. was where we kind of lived in that area. So like super, super central to living out in the forest. And yeah, it was a year and a half ago when we were yeah. making the plan. We're going to move out there. Commuting is going to be a pain, but it's going to be okay. I'm going to, I'm going to be closer to the airport and we're going to be closer to your parents' place. It's going yeah. to work out. Yeah. yeah. And then the, the pandemic comes along. So now now that you have actually got this job at the... Uh, at the, the I didn't the actually job. say that yet. Oh, I thought you that was... spoiled it. There's no spoiler to the, say that but like I, this I is I the news. I made it this very nice long introduction I know. To, <laughs> Sorry, uh, I didn't realise. Anyway, but okay. I know well, what I'm saying. What I like is what you're saying is that... Like your rational brain sets plans for you, and then the pandemic comes along, and your emotional pl- your emotional brain goes on the, all these other journeys um, uh, at the same time. And and it thought like, okay, well, I have two years time to come up with something, and until yeah. then, I would probably work for another year from home. Mm. All this kind of stuff. But my rational brain already had set had already up put everything in place. In place. Yeah. And so in November, I saw a uh, a job offer coming up. Yeah. And I I sent in my uh, my CV my uh, yeah. application didn't really think much about it. It's yeah. not like oh just give it a go and nothing can happen. <laughs> I have a job so whatever. And then I got a call in to mm-hmm. a job interview, which is in pandemics. It's a, it's a Zoom it's interview, a Zoom meeting yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> and that comes with lots of other considerations. While you're at the interview, you normally what happens is people also get you in 
to see you to see if you can look somebody in the eye yeah. you know but in a zoom meeting to everyone's looking at the to, camera so yeah to, no 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 to make uh. sure you're looking at somebody in the eye you have to look into the camera so uh. you can't look at the person uh, which yeah. you normally would do yeah, in the everyone's interviews. used to that kind, of, kind weird of looking weird camera angles and stuff oh now. yeah so anyway turns out They were really impressed with me. Yeah, they great. were impressed with my English knowledge. That was important, then, because it, because it's a, it's an international study program, it's isn't it? Oh, it's a Euro European I'm the wide. I'm coordinator yeah. for the international, uh, for the European business management courses. Yeah, and for for professors and the yeah. uh, the dean and whatever, and um, so it's it's a it's a fun. It's handy. Coordination You've got a, an English boyfriend, and it's super. It, like to me it's nothing special that yeah. i communicate in english the way i do yeah but they're really impressed by but your english really, skills <laughs> i'm very impressed and so cool. yeah i yesterday i signed a new contract and i'm starting on may 1st i know and my emotional brain is like wait didn't we have one? like we had time we work from uh no ah. no no it's gonna be crazy it's 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 all really weird because uh my emotions have not yet quite understood yeah. what happened and it's all it feels super soon <laughs> and very like ha sudden and whatever but it is not sudden no my, the other half of my brain planned this <laughs> a year ago so it's not sudden and anyway so all this to say I I hand in my ten minute contract new, new job story. <laughs> I, I like sharing thought, stories. I know. I honestly thought we were going to spend around about a minute and a half and say, "Oh, Juliana's got a new job." <laughs> it's fine. I enjoyed your story. I enjoyed the way that you framed it. It's it's all good. Uh, I'm just Great. saying, like, I it's it, we're su we're surprisingly 15 minutes into a podcast yeah. already. Well, I wanted to tell people it's okay. in like a, it's okay. a fun way. This anyway, is, this so is the start of this. The the start of the podcast is always the get to know Luke and Juliana exactly. as people, and then when we get to the podcast, when we talk about the review, they know they know us more and they care about more about our opinions Hopefully. about the book. Anyway, starting a job. Yep, I'm very excited, all and right. it's gonna be great. Okay, what, what, what's actually the book? Hey, I don't the book is know. Nova by Samuel R. Delaney. I mean, I could do like one of those cool segue transitions across. I've got nothing. I've got nothing at all after, okay. your, after your job story. What's um, the name of the book? Nova. Nova. Like as in a super, super. Nova. Like, just a Nova. Nova. Something new. Okay. Oh, right. Nova. Let's, you know, the whole thing about a Nova is it's a new star in yeah, the sky. But it it's, comes a, from. it's a super new star. Yeah, it's a big, <laughs> I guess it's a big. It's a massive uh, new a, star. A, a, a big new star. That's what Nova means. It's a new a new star okay um anyway so this book is a book that uh, uh just to say straight off the top it's in the audible free library no, you know the complimentary library so right. but this is a book that i've been wanting to read for a long time okay because this is held up as one of these like formative science fiction novels in terms of cyberpunk it's really influential it was like um it was uh, nominated for both the hugo and the nebula back in uh-oh First published 1968, it says oh, here. 1968. Yeah. Okay. Nova was nominated for the Hugo Award Best Novel in 1969. David Pringle listed it as one of the best 100 best science fiction novels written since World War II. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's uh, one of these early classic novels which mm -hmm. I've always seen on these kind of lists of like top 100 novels you know like nominated books for the Hugo and Nebula that didn't win them you know but should, should have won <laughs> should them have won. because what that year was won by I don't even remember okay. like this and Samuel R. Delaney is uh, uh, is a is an author who I've read before have There's, you yeah what, what, what book did you read 
Oh, now, here we go. Let's head over here. There's one of his earlier ones in this, yeah. Um, the I think the Einstein intersection, which won the Nebula Award. Okay, but you, have, you did that. not review that on the podcast. No, 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 this is oh. years ago, because these books are from like 1966, 1967, 1968. Okay. Um, he also has got this famous series called Dahlgren, um, which I think is, a, is like this fantasy series. Oh, no, it's a... Um, yeah, kind of like a, a science fictiony fantasy kind of story. Okay. Um, but I, I've never read it. But apparently, it's one of those very dense literary kind of books. Okay. Um, so here's the I've thing. I've never really heard of this. Well, no, I mean, again, it's one of these books <clears throat> which, like, it's it's hanging out. It's like there. under the radar. Not under the radar. Huh? It's like in the canon. Okay. But it's, but it's one of the the books which isn't read as much. However, it is in the list of top 100 science fiction novels okay. and it is very influential um, and is one of these like pre-cyberpunk, cyberpunky kind of novels. So let's get into it. Let me just right. set up the world. Yes, please. Set up the world. Here it is. We we have this. Uh, um, in fact, it's, it's kind of weird because the book isn't, it, it, it kind of takes a while to get going. The pacing is weird. Now, from what the Wikipedia reviewers say, um, the, you know, the people who've reviewed and analysed the book on Wikipedia, yeah. they're all really into the symbolism of this book and, and how great it is as a literary achievement. Okay. But what that comes to is that, like, some author is, like, dicking around. And it's okay for an author to be dicking around because, like I say, if an author is dicking around and just being like, oh, I've got an idea, put it in. I've got an idea and put it in. Like, when oh, okay. that works... You yeah. really can get a five-star book for Luke when someone puts in all of their, you know, they're showing crazy all of idea. their work. Well, not only are they showing their work, they're showing their, they're putting in the crazy ideas. When I say showing their work, it's sort of like, oh, in this book, I've read this book. And here, you know, this very famous thing here, I'm referencing that uh, at this point. Okay. Oh, and now these two characters are going to have a conversation about this famous work. And right. now they're going to do this. So it's one of those books where there's very much a, an, an author self-insert into the book where people can have discussions about literature within the book to show how well they are read with that literature and in it kind of they they do this to elevate their writing away from mere pulp science fiction which this book could be like on the face of it it's like a pulpy science fiction you know uh you know space opera kind of thing where oh, you know people okay. fly around in spaceships and have fights and standoffs and romances and all that kind of stuff okay but at the same time, they talk about cra grail quests and Shakespeare and other things like that. <laughs> now, this can work out well in a, in a way. Like, let's bring up a, an example where this actually does work. For example, um, Fahrenheit 451, yeah. which is a book about, about burning books. books. Yeah. And so when people have discussions about books in a book which is about burning books, I'm like, ah, Okay. It's about books. Let's okay, I'm gonna go with that, you yeah. know. Because Or if you have a, a world where literally there are poets, like there are people who are poets and they yeah. talk about books. Yeah, okay, another one. Or, Hyperion. Yeah. You know, Hyperion is a world where like it's you know, Hyperion is named after a novel by Keats and Keats is a yeah. character in the yeah. and you're like, Oh right, so when there's gonna when they're gonna talk about poetry, it kind of it makes sense within the world of the book. Yeah. Another one let's talk about is The Wild Shore by Kim Stanley Robinson, which we happen to have reviewed in the last, last episode, episode, like yeah. a few weeks ago when yeah. I read that. In that, there is a character 
you know, they go down and, and look in a book printing mm. place. And it's a part, and it becomes, especially in the second half of the novel, it becomes like a major theme within that story mm-hmm. that these these uh, um, these characters are reading a novel, you know, and you suddenly go, oh, now let's go right. and read this. In that case, it's a fictional novel. Like the novels that they're talking about aren't real novels. It's not suddenly like, oh, and now let's talk about this play by Shakespeare or yeah. let's talk about <laughs> this piece of work by this. Yeah. You know, they actually it's like one step removed but that's fine so there are ways that this can work mm-hmm. unfortunately with nova there's this there's this um author self insert character um who who is called uh, in fact let me let me head over here to uh, this thing cuz it actually has a list of characters here um on the wikipedia page uh, Katen Crawford so Katen is an intellectual from earth's moon who received a liberal arts education at harvard university um, so literally it's someone saying, hey, I've got a liberal arts education and now I'm going to talk about 20th century literature and 19th century literature. Okay. And, you know, you know, here we're going to go. We're going to talk now and we're going to discuss um, Moby Dick. Let's go for it. And then there's like this diversion in the book where they're going, oh, someone is obsessed and they're going to go after their goal and they're going to and it's going to be a self-destructive journey to for them to find what they want. And isn't that very much like Moby Dick? And isn't that very much like Jason and the Argonauts and they want their, their golden fleece and we're going to get together this ragtag group of people on this spaceship or sorry, on this ship and they're going to go and, you know, defeat these things and find this fleece. And isn't it very much like the Grail quest where people are like, yes, there's a Grail and we're all going to go out there and to find the holy grail you know um that kind of stuff and so this guy he just has has some discussions about that unfortunately for me it's too blatant right and not it's too artificial it's artificial blatant and also not effective because let me bring it back to one of my criticisms of Hyperion and why the reason that, you know, we, yeah, I did the whole episode, why Hyperion <laughs> is a five star novel, but I only give it four stars yeah. because it's a five star novel of what it's trying to be. Yeah. But I don't enjoy everything it's trying to be because the references that it's making are two things which I don't really care about. Yeah. I don't care about Keats. any poem that Keats has ever <laughs> written, you know. <laughs> Also, I've never read Moby Dick and I never intend to read Moby Dick. That's the decision that I'm making in my life that Moby Dick is never going to be a novel that I ever read. And that's fine because I don't need to read Moby Dick to enjoy my life and to be a well-read and enjoyable science fiction literature reader kind of person. I've also never read Moby Dick. In the same way, I wish I had never watched um, the Godfather movie because I enjoy I enjoyed the Godfather movie <laughs> the second hand knowledge of yeah, it more I enjoyed <laughs> more watching like video essays about Godfather <laughs> hearing podcast discussions about the Godfather yeah. you get all the pure of, passion by the people who actually yeah, like it all of the people who really really <laughs> care about the movie making storytelling and character development mm. of the Godfather can really enjoy it and I love that people can watch the Godfather mm-hmm. Godfather and really get into it enjoy it in that much and get so much out of it I watched it and was just appalled by yeah. the the story that was being told and the characters in it and i really dislike movies about mafia that, that's a, a very unsubtle water pouring <laughs> <laughs> sounds like you're suddenly going someone going to the toilet here as well and, <laughs> and that's the thing like, but you, it's very difficult to know which of those things you go people go oh you should really yeah. get into this book series and i'm like oh that sounds like a drag or whatever and um, anyway i want to just put in okay, here i want to say something at some point yeah. um uh to for me titanic is one of those movies like 
in the 90s or like when it came out i didn't watch it and then there's a certain <laughs> threshold when you uh, like i have so much secondhand knowledge yeah, of the movie you don't want to watch I, the movie to i now in, don't yeah. actually don't want to watch it because yeah, no, it's like i want to keep this state of i don't know yeah I but nobody holds up the titanic i mean the titanic one of the most successful movies yes, ever made but nobody <laughs> holds it up as like one of the most influential movies ever made it did influence movies but like it influences you know uh, uh in fact i can't even think of what movies like it's entertainment yeah it's, it's well it influences not, michael bay making cine- pearl harbor because pearl harbor they just went well let's do the same thing that we did there which is this really long drawn out love story and then this massive action sequence at mm. the end yeah. and we're going to really care about what happens in the action sequence in the uh, end because we've had this long love story interpersonal mm-hmm. kind of story uh, love triangle cineastic. up until then. it's no, not influentially not but my point is important. that i'm never going to read moby, moby dick, dick. And, Fair enough. And that's fine. Now, there are some books which I will get round to reading again, like, you know, like I did the uh, Homer's Odyssey, you know, yeah. like there's a, a audio and new translation of it, Audible, yeah. Audible um, produced, a, uh, or whatever, there's a new audiobook narration yeah. version of it. I wanted to experience that in a new way, you know, to get the audiobook. Yes. But there's some things which I'm, I, I don't care about. And I don't care that you, as a science fiction author in 1967, cared enough about it to do your own science fictional kind of retelling reference deep kind of thing here okay which which also doesn't hold up enough as a science fiction story under the weight of your dick swinging literary references (laughs) it can be done it can be done you can do you can do a fun science fiction story which has all of the dick swinging literary references on top of it which is which is good enough to like break its way out of that if you know what I mean yeah like it's possible to do that but when the dick swinging literary uh, um experience of somebody trying like really really doing massive dick swinging here like it's possible to do it well like the the world building and characters and story it's possible to do all of that well enough that that the dick swinging is like a cherry on top rather than a a millstone on top do you understand what i'm saying there you don't know what's going on in my in my cinema brain right now with the dick swinging bit hilarious okay put aside dick swinging ended up it in a massive cake and on top <laughs> dick swinging off. Uh, yeah, there's a millstone and a cherry <laughs> on top of someone swinging a dick. Either way, it doesn't and matter. And also, I'm thinking, okay, can women do that as, as well, other than tit swinging? No, because <laughs> so, okay. no, what they're doing is dick swinging, because this is a very, like, male kind of, I need to establish myself as an alpha, behavior. and I'm going to yeah. do that okay. by showing people how many books yeah. that I read while I was at college at Harvard. Actually, I don't know where Samuel R. Dilley... Let me go? quickly look up here. He surprise, was, uh, surprise, he did go to... Dalton School, Korea... Uh, uh, oh, uh, he went to the City College of New York for one semester and then dropped out. So I don't oh, know. Okay, so um, not Harvard. No, probably not. But again, but obviously aspira- aspirations. Aspirate. He's uh, aspiration. <laughs> but also, I see what he's doing because he's he's also in the book sending up the the person who went and got a liberal arts education at Harvard. You know, mm. he's also saying, oh, you went to there. What you're going to now do is literary dick swinging. However, it's one of those have have cake 
have your cake and eat it, you know, that kind of stuff where uh, the expression being like, oh, you're taking the piss out of this person who went to Harvard and is now right. listening all their literary references. But to be able to do that, you have to also show that you have read those same things and you're making well. those same literary references. Right. And, oh, you're going to have a scene where two people discuss this literary thing. Oh, like and a ba- literary battle. This, like, this li- well, it's not, oh. it's actually, uh, in, in any of these things aren't bad in and of themselves. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Like, it's actually a really fun scene where someone, a musician who plays everything organically and plays everything improvised and is all like wishy-washy and is all like, he does things out of fear and he's all like, oh, I'm not sure what's going on, but I'm playing my musical instrument and people are having these emotional reactions. I'm not really in control of it. You know, they're, they're kind of like, whoa, what don't know what's going on here. What the hell is this book? I'm, let me get in. Well, again, it's very important. That I'm, that's why I'm laying all this stuff out at the start. And then he's saying, oh, well, now I study things very intellectually and I'm going to do a study and I'm going to say there's three kinds of movements. People do a movement out of intention and they do something out of instinct and they do something out of design. I can't remember. He has this thing where he's talking about these different m- motives of why people do actives and he's all, and when I saw this scenes, I thought that's what they did it. But by the end, actually, I realized that person wasn't doing it out of motive. He was doing it out of instinct and that person wasn't doing it. Out of, and he kind of like shifts all of the motivations around once. And mm. it's like this very technical form of breaking down literature of like ah and now this is what the perfect novel will be and Uh, the whole point is that the the character who's doing this this katin like self the author self-insert character is somebody who has written a thousand pages of notes about a novel that he wants to write but hasn't actually he's never got around to written the novel so he's got all of the theories of like ah and then in this act this happens and then this character has to do this and we we will reveal the character's motivations at this point and he's having a conversation about like what it is and at one point there's a really great scene where he he talks and he is he's writing his novel he just starts right he starts like making notes but he's making notes like talking into a dictaphone and someone's and he says uh, can you do something just um, off the top of your head? Just anything you want. He says this to this mouse character, and mouse, and and then you, then a you, mouse? the mouse, the character is called the, the name of the character is the mouse. His okay, nickname, but the it's mouse. not a mouse. No, so okay. the mouse gets up and swings his arm around, and then Caton starts going ah, and the mouse stood up and swung his arm around, and he has this expression on his face which shows fear that he's doing something wrong, and then expectations, and then he stops swinging his arm around, and he puts his hand on his hip, and then starts looking over at Caton and says. And, and then he's and then he's the mouse, the mouse says no I'm not doing that no I, I just stood up and swung my arm around and it's sort of like with his uh, with his uh, surprise on his face and there's this it's a really great like I say it's a really really good piece of literary dick swinging like oh I'm going to do this thing I'm going to do a tell a story and it's this meta level on top of the story where somebody is narrating what's happening in the story to the to this you know in the story and then the person is reacting to the person narrating and then the person narrating the story is actually you know saying that kind of stuff and there is sprinkled throughout this no this the, the novel of Nova is yeah. this are these really really fun pieces of literary experimentation of like oh let's take a flight of fancy over here and i'm gonna we're gonna go on a diversion here and we're gonna talk about this novel or this book or this kind of thing with this like i say this harvard educated you know um you know liberal liberal arts education or whatever like that okay, kind of stuff now goes in. i i you have 
told me quite a lot now. Yeah. I have a few questions. Yeah, what's up? What does liberal arts mean? Oh, liberal arts education means that you go to college and they just give you a big long reading list of the, you know, classic American novels. Um, oh, but it's, yeah. it's literature. It's, it's not it's painting literature. and music and like arts. It's, it's is, all that kind is, of stuff. It's, uh, the arts the, is a, the, a big the, field. The idea being that someone can come out of there and enter like the, uh, become, a, become a thinker, if you know what I mean. They become a columnist or something. Oh. But you need all of these. In fact, I'm not really even quite sure what liberal arts... Uh, <laughs> this like, is why I'm asking because it's like this big liberal arts. Okay, I, I, I'm are there any, here. liberal are there, arts education is that opposite to liberal arts? Like is the traditional arts? the traditional academic program in Western higher education? Liberal arts takes the term art in the sense of learned skill rather than the specifically fine arts. It yeah. generally covers four areas: the natural sciences, social sciences, arts, and humanities. Its central academic disciplines include physics, chemistry, biology. No, that's that's kind of more the broad thing. But when I'm saying liberal arts education, it's one of the things like when you go to college in America, you you're going there for a liberal arts <clears throat> education and for the first two or three years, and then you you'll declare your major. You know. Oh. Oh, Do you understand right. what I'm saying? Okay. It's like, what, is your, what are you majoring? I'm going to major in sociology. It's like, but you've done like three years already or two years. I don't know when you declare what your major is. Okay. But when I went to university in the UK, I went to study creative music technology. Yeah. And when you went to university, you went to study music and, uh, and singing teaching or whatever. Yes. You know, your, Very whatever. specific. Like yeah. when you go to university, yeah, you already, already decide. decide what it is. In yeah. America, you go to college and you'll do like two or three years of college. Just like, like oh, that interests me. That interests yeah. me. I'll do some humanities. I'll do some history. I'll do some whatever and then you dial it down and go actually I'm going to become a lawyer or I'm going to be, do this kind of stuff Okay. so the liberal arts education is like we're going to give everyone a foundation everyone's going to read the same number of books everyone's going to get this basic overview of general like you know book learning right. and then from then on you can actually get down dig down into it okay um, yeah that that's the, one of those massive big differences in, yeah. in the way that German higher education yeah. just works such A course of study contrasts with those that are principally vocational, professional, or technical. So it's a bit more it's like a bit more philosophical. I mean, you can have you can have a vocational, professional, or technical degree in in an artistic field. Although that's yes. that's the whole point. Like you yeah. have like a professional degree in singing and singing teaching or yes. whatever it is. Yeah. And uh, and and I have like a professional degree in creative music technology. Like it's got creative right there. Yeah. But it is very much a like oh you're learning how to do this thing like rather than learning all the, the background of western civilization yeah. when i first started going to university i uh, wanted to do learn something about education uh, how to educate people yeah. so i enrolled in a study course um which is just um it's called erziehungswissenschaften so yeah. it's the the science of teaching yeah and you i, I you think like oh yeah i'm gonna learn how i teach people mm. stuff and no matter what stuff but how to teach something to mm. people But it turns out it was just this boring exploration <laughs> of a, okay, in the 18th century. You learned it was more about the history of that kind of This is how the person wrote down what, yeah. I was like, oh, no, yeah. that wasn't it, for me. It wasn't, it And wasn't I also started uh, started um, learn, studying uh, musicology, which yeah. was basically the same kind of thing, just for music. Yeah. I learned all the theories and, and all the sociology yeah. and music and music history and music whatever but it was all very theoretically yeah. nothing practically at yeah. all and actually what you wanted to do was the singing and singing teaching which you actually <laughs> went on to do <laughs> and yes, uh, and yes. now you work as a singing teacher yeah well i mean part-time part-time singing teacher part-time university, university administration, administration. <laughs> yeah but it's a, it's a good mix but but yes it is a very much yeah like i i i 
did yeah. learn something specific because I can't do with like yeah. lots of war. So okay, let me get more um, into this. Oh no, what's okay. your other question? And uh, like the other question, well, you're probably gonna get to it. I what's guess that? it's like. I mean, you you told about like the 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 things that happen in the book. What what is this like? What I'm trying to see, what I'm trying to show. <laughs> again, I'm trying to be clever with this review. Okay. What I'm trying to show is what it's like to read this book. Okay. That you keep going. All right. Yeah, that's all good. Like yeah. all of this talk about you know novels and how to write novels and you know all this other kind of literary like all the literary dick swinging gets in the way of actually what the story is, which again is fine if you're going into the book wanting to compare your literary like how many times have you read Moby Dick right. and you're going to read this novel and get every single Moby Dick reference from this novel okay. and you're going to you, you know you've read these all these Grail Quest books or at least know the history of Grail Quest it feels novels like you telling me this reminds me a bit of this is the 1969 or what, 1967 yeah. version of Ready Player One <laughs> kind of except and here's the key thing and i know this sounds really bad but ready player one is better in this no. regard no let, let me finish better in this regard in this, in this because that is a story okay. built around somebody's knowledge of 1980s pop culture yeah actually helps them you know win the in day the, get, complete the quest get the girl no. you know that is actually what that novel is around it's sort of like hey what if i don't have a liberal arts education what if i have an education of 1980s science fiction movie trivia and how to play computer games from the atari you know 2100 or whatever yeah. it is what if that was the skill that let me like you know become the richest man on earth win the day get the girl defeat the evil corporation etc yeah Unfortunately for Nova, this this character, Katyn, who comes along and has all these, like, you know, literary dick-swinging moments, doesn't help in any way. It's just, just a side <laughs> character who doesn't actually help pu push the story forward in any oh, way. Oh, that's and disappointing. All, yeah. This entire novel is, like I say, it allows for this really interesting world building which i want to get onto in a minute it allows for the actually very interesting conversations for different characters it allows for interesting characters with interesting character motivations to do kind of you know get up to things in the world mm -hmm. it allows for some really fun science fictional like party scenes and music and these these kind of like arts kind of things which don't often turn up in novels and you're like oh that's really interesting oh that's really clever this party scene is like one of the best party scenes that i've ever read in a science fiction novel okay this world building over here is really interesting this stuff over here is really interesting and none of it actually holds together at all okay the only thing that holds this book together is literary dick, dick swinging oh like there isn't anything else here in this book there's so, so many good basically ideas basically the book consists of lots of different scenes with all the literary experimentation whatever and also and world then... building and some kind of stuff but there but again it, maybe it's me elevating plot or character or all these other kind of things above above you know the literary dick swinging and world building <laughs> or whatever you know all this other stuff which is in this novel like it doesn't come together to feel to me to be a novel which it, it's all of the parts are really good yeah. and it's yeah. less than the sum of its parts right. unless 
the the sum that you want is a literary um, exploration of how parts can not come together right. and still work. Do you understand? Like yes. it, the 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 what it is trying to be is successful if what you want is, is something which is trying, trying to, to push the limits of what could be successful. Okay. And I totally understand why people like this kind of thing because they want a difficult, dense book. They yeah. want some, they want to read Moby Dick and every other chapter is just sort of like. And now I will, you know. List Look at it or, from a different direction. Well, no, it's no. now I'm going to go on a diversion and talk about like how the harpoon is made, and then 18 pages later, you're like, and that is how you you make a harpoon, and then you're like, and then there's a bit of chapter of story, and then they go, oh, and now we're going to talk about the internal organs of a whale, and then that's an entire chapter is internal organs of a whale, and okay. which is great if you've worked on a whaling ship and you know all this kind of stuff, but that like density sprinkled into all of that kind of stuff is loads of <laughs> allusions to the bible and to you know homer and the iliad and the odyssey and all that kind of stuff oh my god this but, book you know what well, i can tell it's not for me which book this book you just talk about nova yeah no nova's fine well but i have literally of all the things you just mentioned yeah but what i'm saying I don't is know anything. now let's now let's head over to the wikipedia page <laughs> and i'm going to explain why this book is perfect for the kind of audience that this book wants to be a perfect some example of like like the same sense that ready player one is perfect for the audience uh, that yeah, it yeah yeah exactly aims for. yeah yeah the yeah. people who just want 1980s yeah. science fiction and movie want to trivia clever about it and, and want to feel want clever to be like yeah really... want to feel clever about mm. it at that very shallow level where mm. they're like oh and do you know um this something, fact, something, this something, fact. something. And this is exactly like this scene in this movie. And now yeah. we're referencing this. And yeah. did you, and, you know, people are having very, like, a, a very one dimensional, one level things and stuff. Like, and then at the end of Star Wars, Chewbacca doesn't get a medal. And you're like, oh, right, right. We're working on that level, aren't we? Anyway, so this, it says, uh, nominally, space opera explores the politics and culture of a future where cyborg technology is universal. The novel is one of the precursors to cyberpunk, which I'll get onto in a minute. Yet making major decisions can involve using tarot cards. I'll talk about that. Um, anyway, but what, <laughs> what? you do... It, yeah, tarot cards? I'll get onto this in okay, a second. Okay, okay, okay. Um, so you go down here, and it, then it talks about motifs. And I'm, can you see the screen here? Yeah. And what you do is you start scrolling down, and somebody has made this massive long thing, and then the tarot and the grail and a massive big thing here. Because I, I looked up the other day, you know, after you finish a novel, I head over to Wikipedia and just sort of like go, oh, let me just look up the the names yeah and i kept on scrolling down create creativity art change and stagnation although the novel takes place in the 32nd century the society within it describes as highly stagnant something something in other words they're saying oh all the last interesting stuff happened in the mid 20th century so let's just constantly talk about stuff that happened in the mid 20th century right because that's like the high point and it always annoys me when future novels do that kind of stuff yes. and this is a this is a um an eight paragraph yeah uh uh study paper written yes. about this about um the main interest of the book unusual for a science fiction novel is the two approaches to art characterized by the mouse and katyn in playing on the sensory cyrix the mouse is spontaneous imp oh that's literally what i was just saying before um i haven't actually read this wikipedia page about it but it's obviously we're picking up on the same stuff but the point is this book creates a wikipedia page which goes on for thousands and thousands of words publishing status original research question mark like it's even been flagged by the wikipedia people saying stop doing original research and stop doing original literary criticism yeah. of this novel here on wikipedia yeah 
There's places for that, and that is in your own publications, because this yes. isn't what the book is about. Yeah. What the book is about is what the book what's in the what's book. It, yeah. What you want to read into it isn't is the your your yeah. opinion. It doesn't that is the place of into... liberal arts criticism and all yes. this other kind of stuff, which yeah. is what this book is for. Yeah. This book is saying, can I write a science fiction novel which could be read alongside Moby Dick, and people can read into it and all of these kind of stuff, analyze and yeah. interpret and. Yeah, I just read this thing here as well, uh, you know, about uh, creativity, art, sex and insects, uh, sex and incest and stuff like that. And I'm like, there's no incest in this book. But no, people want to read incest into anything literature. I was like, these two characters, his brother and sister, and she's hot and he's domineering. It must be incest. And I was like, it was a weird relationship, but it, I didn't see any incest in there. But like, oh, no, you know, throughout the novel, it, Ruby remains both loyal and subservient to her brother, Prince, even to the extent of going against her own feelings. Their relationship strong suggests an incestuous nature and I'm like that takes somebody who really Ooh. really wants to read into all of these novels about like oh there's a snake oh that's a penis the snake is a penis you're like no it's it's a snake no it's a penis you know and you, you understand what I'm getting at like every single time there's an apple he was eating an apple that means something it's like no he was eating an apple because there was the, he lived in England and there was an orchard he ate an apple it's like no but an apple means sin an apple means lust an apple means incest it's incest and you're like no he just had a picnic with his sister and his family was there he was thinking about his mother and and the snake and the apple and you're like yeah okay sometimes sometimes a tall building is just a tall building like sometimes a snake is just a snake and okay if there's an overlap between snake and apple like you're like ah right there's now we, we can we can we can Maybe. work with this like that it is possible to read this stuff into it but not everything has to be everything and this is a novel which is hinting everything is everything like okay. every single thing in this book could be could be an allusion to something, could be a reference to something, and could and it could and and it is because this, this uh, Delaney is writing this book. He's very intentionally writing a book where everybody can read into everything, anything that they want from all of Western literature and all of Western civilization and all the whole history of art up until that point, because that's what the what the book is is being overwhelmed by yes do you think he's taking the piss yes he is it's it, it the whole book is taking it the whole book is an experimentation you know in the previous book i said oh and i one thing that i get why i reason what the one of the reasons why i gave the wild shore five stars was i really loved the idea of the main character in the in the novel slowly working out that he has to write his own story and is struggling with his story that's not yeah. what the novel is yeah. but that's what the framing device of the novel is and at the end it kind of as you get closer to the end of the novel you realize ah the novel that we're reading now is him trying to, to write writers. this novel yeah. and the novel ends by him saying well this is the last page of the novel i've only got a few words left to go i guess i'm gonna wrap it up here see you later whatever like right. that yeah five star book this this what happens as you go through you're like oh this novel it the katon keeps having discussions about he, he can't work out who the main character of his novel is and you're like like him and mouse and talk like these three main characters in the novel are obviously the main characters and as you get to the end he's saying oh yeah everybody who's ever written a grail novel has always died before they've completed the novel and because this novel that i'm writing now is a retelling of a grail story i better not finish the novel because if i do finish the novel i might 
And the, the novel ends there. Like, this novel, Nova, ends halfway through a sentence because the author, who is this author in the novel, deci- has realised that if he ever tries to finish his novel, he's going to die by the curse of the novel writer because everyone who's ever tried completed... Like, the like, Grail novels... Yeah, eight like, people who have written a Grail novel have died before they've completed it, or whatever the story is that he's yeah. talking about. And so he makes sure he doesn't finish this novel. And we're reading that novel, so Nova doesn't have a last line, or the last line of the novel cuts off halfway through a sentence and just doesn't end which is interesting which is a really good joke to play on your reader yeah (laughs) however it again one there's a way to do this very artfully which is what kim stanley robinson does which is this slow dawning realization and it's a novel about this kind of stuff and it it becomes like this beautiful moment where somebody is trying like as somebody with this um you know is a coming of age story Mm. and and he realizes that I'm keep writing this. I don't know what the end moment is. And the end moment that he picks for the book is this perfect realization of the coming of age of him Mm. and his maturity. And he realizes what his future is going to be. So even though that happens a long time after the big climactic events of the book, good sneeze and the where he decides to end the novel is a character moment and is fulfilling a story moment, which is really satisfying. Whereas in this book, it feels like I'm that someone's playing a joke on me. It's a funny joke, yeah. but it doesn't in the end feel clever and it feels unsatisfying that everything else that's happened is um is just a is just a like I say, everything else in the book is weighed down by this kind of literary dick swinging. Even though I'm enjoying like 90% of the literary dick swinging, it's it diminishes the rest of the book rather than elevates the rest of the book. Okay. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I get it. Okay, now we need to come to the things that you said like ages ago. You we are going to come okay. towards. Um, okay, you said precursor, um, precursor, cyber, cyberpunk. Okay, let's talk about the cyberpunk. What there is is everyone has these implants that they can plug themselves into and then control data and control machines and control robots and do so. The whole, all of working class, working class in this book pretty much means you plug into a computer and you're a knowledge worker or you're a manual worker, but you're not using your own body. Right. Everyone you, plugs in, and okay. they. I idea of plugging in now seems so obvious but of course this is this like i say this precursor to cyberpunk that people like plug in and now you're like oh yeah you plug into the matrix you plug into the (laughs) cyberspace you plug into all these kind of things which all is in right there in uh you know neuromancer yes it comes from this book yeah and knowing that going into this book I, i was kind of looking out for this knowing that this is a book that influenced cyberpunk I didn't really realize how much it just influenced not cyberpunk, but the most cyberpunk, like the the, the foundational work of cyberpunk, which is Neuromancer by William Gibson. Yeah. Which, you Did know. Did I come after that? Yeah, like that's from the 1980s. Oh, okay. Which was written in the 1980s, which uh, actually came out like a year after um, Blade Runner, the movie. So the movie comes right. out and then it's okay. like Blade Runner, the movie and Neuromancer, the novel combine. Like you just combine those two things and, and it's like, have... we have cyberpunk. Like, yes. That, that's what we have. Okay. Like what is humanity? Mixing machines, computers in the brain, cybernetic worlds. And then also like the punk, like the uh, punk people working against corporate operations mm. kind of things um is all that that is what cyberpunk is yeah and i was and as i was reading through this book i was like ah it this isn't just this isn't influential of cyberpunk generally this is very influential of um of uh, um william gibson and neuromancer specifically to the point okay. where like mouse this main character yeah it, it comes from istanbul <clears throat> 
And there's this moment in Neuromancer, even when I read it, I was like, why is this scene happening in Istanbul? Like, what, what's going... What's the like, reason? Like, why? why do they go to Istanbul yeah. for this to happen? And it's one of those things where you're like, uh, ah, there's uh-huh. there's incongruous... I've mentioned this before, which is sort of like this criticism idea, which, again... I didn't come up with it, but it's something that I've developed in my own thought where when you see something which is incongruous in the text, and you're like, why that? Hmm, I'm not really sure why that. And it's not explained within the text. It, it's not logical within the text yep. of the novel that you're reading there right now. There must be a source where that came from. Yeah. What and is, it's, it's partly taken from that. Yeah, it's like, this is probably a reference to something yes. which will explain this incongruity. Yeah. Now, good authors, or authors who, I'm not saying good authors, but there's there's ways of doing it where you're like, oh yeah, of course it takes pl- place at Istanbul because there's a scene that takes place in this grand bazaar, or, you know, whatever you need to happen. Or yeah. it's just beautiful. Like, James Bond goes to Istanbul. Why? I don't know, because, you know, he wants to have sex in an island in the middle of the city. You know, in the middle, you know, there's this famous little island there in the middle of the Bosphorus yeah. or whatever. Yeah. You know, there's... <laughs> there's reasons there's reasons to go to istanbul yeah um and yeah, also europe, mainly europe and asia massive it has massive symbolism in itself mm. and if that is then the reason that, but that, in neuromancer i was always like mm, istanbul weird choice and it's like oh the character that they meet in istanbul is somebody who can project um like holographic imagery around themselves yeah and they come from Istanbul. And then the main character, Mouse, this, the Mouse character, yeah. is a, uh, they call him a gypsy from uh, uh, from Istanbul, who <sighs> plays a musical instrument, okay. which pro- which makes music, but also projects um, like illusions and holographic projections around that. I'm like, oh, that's the okay. reason, because they needed someone, they were, had someone who could do holographic projections was yeah. one of their, you know, skills that are going to tick off that they need at this point in the novel. Yeah. And because, oh, we're just gonna just gonna like oh that's like mouse from nova where did mouse come from mouse comes from istanbul and that's it and again there could be another layer like why is mouse from istanbul could be based on something else it's probably something to do with jason and the argonauts because that's all that that happens you know yeah with with excuse me because like where which is the island that they fight medusa and it's all that aegean sea kind of area well, Constantinople, but I don't know. Like, there, there, that Mouse will be referencing someone in Jason and the Argonauts because Jason was sailing around. There. Don't they go through to the Black Sea? Isn't that where? I have never. I like, don't know. I don't know. And again, I, I don't care enough about it because my enjoyment of the book can't be dependent on me having read all of Shakespeare, all of the Bible. All of the Iliad and the Odyssey, all yes. of those kind of things. Yeah. I just want to, I want the book to make sense within itself. Yes. I don't want, again, this isn't a knock on um, Mouse coming from Istanbul mm. or even them in, in Neuromancer, them visiting. Also, there's uh, choice. Yeah. But yes, it, is. It, it needs to be in the sense that you, as the reader who reads this particular book, um, gets. And I, it gets just a, um, gets enough out of it without thinking like, hmm, this is a strange choice. No, and because I don't understand. this book is written that if you did know Jason and the Argonauts off by heart, that you have written papers about it and studied it and know yeah, who all the characters. How many people have done that? All the people who have had a Harvard um, a liberal arts education. That's yeah, the, that is the point of this book. Mm. That nothing in this book can stand on its own leg on its own uh, under its own weight without this expectation of people having to read through thousands of words on wikipedia just to work out all the references that Mm. are there again i i haven't read all of that stuff Mm. Mm. you know 
I haven't read. I don't know. I mean, my experience with Jason and the Argonauts is something that I read when I was like 12 years old when we, you know, something that came up in some whatever court, you know. Can I, can I just ask a very, what? obviously, one very what? uneducated uh, question? Yeah. Is that is that a Bible story? J- <laughs> no. <laughs> but again, it is one of those things. Jason and the... Is, oh, is this like Greek mythology? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's all... It's all uh, Greek. It's all oh, Greek, Greek stuff. Yeah. Jason and the Argonauts is a 1963 film. Okay, Jason yeah. Wikipedia. Uh, Jason um, Jason appeared in various literary works in the classical world of Greece and Rome, including okay. the epic poem Argonautica and the tragedy Medea. Um, oh, yeah. Medea, I do know bits. Yeah, okay. So he, Jason and the Argonauts. Medusa is, I think, from that one. So, you know, have to look into the shield to yeah, reflect to it. Reflect don't it know, not all look that kind at of the stuff. eye. Golden fleece. Become a statue. Go through the Bosphorus. The Bosphorus is going to open and close. Okay. Is it the Bosphorus that opens and closes? Well, I may, can't remember. It would make sense considering Istanbul. You get the harpies, the sirens, Talos. Okay. Um, well, I know all these individual bits. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Greek mythology story. Anyway, cool. okay. uh, so yeah, Good. cyberpunk. This is this is again not just the foundational for cyberpunk, but this is the, one of the foundational works that the foundational work of cyberpunk is referencing. If <laughs> yes, you know okay, okay, I get plugging it. in rich people doing things beyond their power, being like rich people being too powerful and being having to be defeated by people who can plug in and do stuff plugged in, whatever. Okay. You know. Yeah. That stuff is in this book. It, this book is not cyberpunk, but this thing includes like five or six like foundational things which went on to become foundational things of cyberpunk. Right. You know okay. what I mean? Well, that's that's heavy. Like, it's interesting that's, to see where this stuff comes massive, from. Yeah, that's like a, a massive pillar. If, yeah. if, if you're interested in all, like it's, it's like a uh, historic exploration of the literary genre. Uh, so... Yeah, can be interesting. Uh, I, I'm really, I was cl- really never the clashing really rocks into, into the cyberpunk, to be honest. The like, clashing rocks are the simplegades, sim, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> the rocks the rocks that come together to smash together. Okay, so um, I what? still have not really, an, like, I have an idea what this book is about. What okay, it's, what so it's what doing, this book is about, there's, what, what, a, there's, there's, yeah. a, there's, a, there's a kind of metal called unobtainium. It's not called that. Let's just call it unobtainium because it's <laughs> it's the thing that powers all space flight and can it's so powerful and like one gram of it is enough to power an entire planet. And um, someone goes, cool. "Hey, I've uh, I, I know where we can get seven tons of this stuff." And they're like, "Wow, a gram is enough to power an entire planet." And he's sort of like, uh, "This is Lork. His name is this is this um, character who's a." Uh, uh, he's actually a, a spaceship so racer. Ev- Reminds oh. me of the Expanse. You know, in the Expanse, we're saying that the the rich, mm. the 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 carefree young spaceship racer mm-hmm. um, daughter, isn't it? She yeah. goes off and does it. Uh, Mao, it's, yeah, the the, the 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 yeah, the, one of the sisters. Mao family. Yeah. yeah. So like, oh, you're not good for anything. You're just a rich playboy, playgirl, mm. whatever, mm. and all you do is race your spaceship. So anyway, that could as as much as I know is from this. You know, so you got oh. the spaceship spaceship hot rod racer walk. Yeah. And um, and as he's going out to be a, a captain on a ship, they discover the golden fleece. No, not the golden fleece. The the, uh, the unobtainium. He's like, oh right, I know I can get seven tons of this stuff all in one go. Okay. And it turns out 
the backstory is that he he managed to fly through a nova as a as a star exploded. He pointed his ship towards it, went straight, flew flight. through it, and there's this way that you can do it with the, the way it explodes. The, the the things happen, and you can you manage to fly through it. And at the heart of this, he he discovered this seven tons worth of um, unobtainium. And, and but first of all, he survived. Yeah, wow. they survived well it. <laughs> uh, no, it did. It did drive people crazy because oh, like okay. sensory overload yeah, well, and stuff like, like that. Yeah. Um, and then uh, uh, and so it's a, it's a big moment, and mm. he's got a scar and disfigured or whatever. And then he's like, "All right, and uh, I know. So all he needs to do now is wait for another nova to go, a flight to that nova, be ready to fly through, and we're going to be able to get the seven tons worth of unobtainium." Okay. To bat- what one question is insert here? What's that? If if he goes through nova, yeah people die and like be like he's and people get crazy like isn't that a clear sign that that isn't really what is going on no it is what's going on look it doesn't matter because it were in the this is the setup for the book so let's just believe the setup okay. for the book okay, the rest of the book it. he gets a crew together and then we have these extended flashbacks of to, to the their previous lives you know back oh, to okay. Lork's childhood and there's a there's a um another a, another family which is back on earth you know there's from the Pleiades which is the mm. one civilization and the earth civilization you know like the surrounding earth civilization okay and then there's this rivalry that goes on between these two young guys prince and ruby on one side that's the brother and sister on one side and lork on the other and they've got this long-running rivalry okay. and they're trying to get one over on each other and the really the future of the 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 future of the galaxy is at stake because if he does this this is going to be so disruptive that it's going to wipe everything clean n- n- all society is going to break down because it's like too abundant right and en- energy is going to be too abundant yeah and he's like no we need to push through into this post scarcity society where we have the power to do whatever we want yeah and prince is like no because my family relies on this and the, we run the mines or whatever it we is we don't so want we, other people we to, have control to keep it. everything going together yes, so okay. that's what the story is it's okay. like they're gonna they gotta go on this mission to find this lump of unobtainium and to do that they need to wait around until a nova goes off so the, a big part of the novel is they get the crew together and then like two-thirds like uh, half of the novel is them just waiting around until they know when the next Nova's going off and then they fly out to do it and then you get some climax over there. Now, here's already the first interesting thing. What? Um, if you, obviously, the, um, Mouse and what is his name? He, Lork. Lork. No, and the Katen. other, Katen. Yeah. Like, they're obviously in his crew. Yeah. And this is one of those things that um, when you are living your life, you're not a special person. Yeah. And then the you, you have these ideas of oh in a catastrophe um there are certain people with certain skills who mm-hmm. will come in handy i don't have any of those but let me come up with a idea no, because here's the thing mouse <laughs> why, why do you have a mouse doesn't do any there is a thing that he does with his musical <laughs> instrument later on yeah which comes in handy katen is a complete non-character in the book he's just there to hang out and to yeah. chat around there's these other characters the only function that they have is to hang out at parties and and um and do tarot card readings because that's a big thing in this in this in this world apparently okay, okay. um and uh, and the people they just hang out and play cards it's literally so just so they're, they're it, just there for entertainment it's not that they're there for our entertainment they're there no, they're for, for the... they're there to entertain themselves so okay. this book is literally here's a crew of people not doing anything <laughs> exciting for half a book just hanging out playing tarot cards like telling stories about what happened to them as a kid having discussions about art and novel writing and all that kind of stuff and yeah. just, like having run-ins with this long rivalry but like then there's this 
some climaxes and the end of the book is really compressed and I was like oh I thought like this is the space opera parts yeah. uh, are fine but then a lot of it is just hanging out having literary discussions and mm. the party the party is really good because here's the, the way that the party works is that they get um, they, they're in this mansion because they're just hanging out with rich people all the time so they're in this mansion and it's mm. got this, this, this oh so they're not hanging out in a spaceship the whole time no they're just going oh, just to, on to, earth yeah they're oh, okay. sometimes on earth sometimes they're in the Pleiades or whatever like that so they're okay. over on this place and they're in this room and they're like all right um we're gonna go and get some drugs we're gonna go and hit up i know this guy <laughs> literally this is the entire chapter like a big section of this book is like i know a guy let's go and get some drugs and that's what this chapter is like we're gonna go and have a drug party so okay. what so what they yeah, do sure. is that they they set up and they're like mouse play your musical instrument for a while so he plays it for 20 minutes mm-hmm. and everyone's like and the other people are you know getting drunk and dancing and things like that and having a good time they're getting high and then he's sort of like all right i recorded all of that i'm now going to replay it but it doesn't just replay the music it replays the all the illusions that this music created like right. this holographic illusions and it records all the people having a party oh, themselves okay. right and so then they go let's just replay let's just that watch us. no not rewatch no. that i'm gonna play it again and then the party is the same music and the same illusions recorded being recorded again and then they repeat that and then they repeat it's an that endless loop and it's a loop but each one is slightly more faded and slightly more like echoed Weird. and like slightly yeah. more mushy yeah. and so then these two guys go off and have an adventure getting drugs and then they come back with the drugs and like right we're ready with the drugs and they turn them and like oh who's real because the people who are partying they're like oh there is this two group two people who are dancing and then there's another one of them drinking and then there's another we're like which is the real one oh. and as it goes back in time you're like oh which is the least faded of these people so they out of a cast of like i think five people in the room they create a a full thronging party by looping over the same 20 minutes of music and illusion recording it and continually playing it back so it becomes this really and i was like this is clever this is like really like if this was a moment in a movie oh this it would be an amazing moment yeah and that's what this thing is this book is full of these world building moments where i'm like this is great like can't this be the basis of a story which isn't just literary dick swinging another point where they're like oh and yeah like you people from back in the day they'd be really surprised at this look you came over here you you take you, you always walk around with just one shoe and then you use your other foot to eat while you're doing other things but you don't wash your feet or anything and everything no one has cleaned this place what? for months and it turns out this is a post uh, a post disease and post contagion society oh. they've they've like conquered, the opposite of what we have right now they've conquered all disease and they've conquered all bacteria and conquered all viruses so people just don't wash people just Ugh. don't wash their hands and you're like oh this entire oh, but because world because they don't have the bacteria that do not smell nobody cares about the smells because if if for thousands of years smelling bad wasn't didn't correlate with unhealthy or like looking moldy didn't or like looking dirty didn't correlate with catching a disease or like eating something that's bad for you uh-huh. people just get used to it so you realize <laughs> oh i've been imagining this world as this like utopian oh everyone's walking around in white and you know in white tight tight lycra or whatever toga, toga kind yeah, of togas like, and stuff yeah. like that. It's like no everyone's just a, a slob and disgusting and <laughs> dirty and nobody washes their hands and nobody bats an eyelid at it. and you're like oh i thought he was just i thought he was the disgusting one because he's like this racist gypsy depiction or whatever like that this mm. crazy person no it doesn't everyone can just be like that and there's and, I, and again i'm not going to go into all of these but there's so many times when you're like oh right oh everything's like everything's just different than i imagined and it kind of like trips you up yeah in the storytelling trips you up in the world building all of which is really good 
Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, so, yeah, this book, again, I've got to actually review it because we were over an hour talking about this book. Although, no, we're not because you did a 10 minute talk about your job at the start of it. So, yeah, um, I, I think that's fine that I talk yeah. myself it's for good. 10 it's minutes good. because this has been mostly uh, Luke rants about stuff. And I think... Not ranting, no, I'm no, enthusiastic no, no, not about ranting, the book. You're enthusiastic ranting, but I think it would be a really cool thing to have like a, a dick swing count because uh, how many times <laughs> I think, I literally, how many times have i said literary dick swing i don't know here's the thing 20 times this book if i cared about the things that this book wanted if i was born if you were the audience the yeah, targeted audience if i this. was the target if i was 40 years old in 1967 and you had a liberal arts uh, and i had, I had a harvard liberal harvard. arts degree or something like that and i wanted to find a science fiction book which i could then write a thousand words about on wikipedia yeah or whatever you know like this kind of stuff like that and then there's this kind of thing Symbol, and this, and this symbolizes that look points at this i this know that, that this book because this symbolizes that and this symbolizes that and this is a reference to this and this is a reference to that and you, you can trace back oh why is this character in neuromancer from istanbul oh it's from istanbul because this character from this novel is from istanbul and why is that character because it's based on jason and the argonauts and jason and the argonauts was based sailing on, around all these yeah. things through the bosphorus and all that kind of stuff and they and one of the characters that this is referencing in the arc are Argonautica or whatever the the main epic poem that it's referencing in there. Yeah. Probably not referencing the 19... Oh, actually, wait a second. When is the Jason and the Argonauts movie came out? That could, that could be it. When it Because it actually says here, doesn't it? Oh, no, I've lost, you, I've lost you, the page. Jason the Argonauts, 1963. Yes, and Jason the Argonauts oh, okay. was this big thing. We just watched the fight, you know, the skeleton fight from Jason and the Argonauts. You know, the oh, Harry, ha- yeah, yeah. Harry oh, oh, with Housen. The Roman, with, the, with the soldiers. Yeah, with the soldiers, and they're fighting and they're the being... skeletons. We just literally, I just watched that because I was like, oh, I want to show you this thing because it was in, on my we mind. We watched the scene, yeah. Yeah, and so all of that was, Jason the Argonauts was probably a bigger thing in the 1960s than it is now or whatever like that. If all of those things were the things that I cared enough about yes. that it was doing its literary dick swinging yeah. about, for example, <laughs> Hyperion doesn't do that, but Salvation by uh, Peter F. Hamilton did do that because it was talking about Hyperion and all these other science fiction stuff. What, that, yes. what it's do, what what you can do is also wrap all of that up with characters that I care about who do things. I was just about to say because happen because that is the main difference to salvation in this sense because yeah. there's story happening, there's action, there's things. Yeah, there's... but here's the thing: Peter F. Hamilton wanted to write a really fun, interesting, entertaining, exciting gripping thriller of a novel which right. also happens to be science fiction also happens to have these references to Hyperion and all this other kind of stuff yeah um what what Samuel R. Delaney wants to do he's saying I'm taking the the form I'm taking some of the things which are like the some of the tropes that you know from pulp science fiction but what I'm actually writing is a is a literary novel which is trying to be uh, like it which is both sending up and also trying to be the cake and eat it too thing yeah. of I want to be this thing I want to be science fiction space opera but also I want to be literary but also I want to take the piss out of science fiction and literature, and literature. but also I want to do this so it's it's enjoyable only by people who want to both uh, applaud and enjoy the send up of uh, you know the history of you know liberal arts and and Western civilization and all of everything going back to Grail novels and Moby Dick and Jason and the Argonauts or the Argonautica and all that kind of stuff. This so, feels quite like an undertaking. 
Like it is, but it it's it do, it only works on the level if you want to read it that way. Yeah. I didn't. I went into this thinking, oh, this is a precursor to Cyberpunk, <laughs> not knowing that a, it's somebody a novel wanting... that was nominated for Hugo and yeah, Nebula. Yeah, Hugo and Nebula Award, a precursor to Cyberpunk. Somehow. Yeah, but I realize now why this isn't a book which many people. Should, I mean, you if you want that, if you want if that you're going to enjoy that, it's fine. It's good. This is a for good, you. This is a for me is a good three and a half, three three star, three and a half. There's I enjoyed so much about this book, but also when it goes, we're going to do, this is a seven hour audiobook, and there's going to be a 45 minute tarot card reading in the middle of it. I like, I'm, I, it was interminable. I'm like, when the fuck is this tarot card scene going to end? I don't give a shit about tarot cards at all. Like there is nothing, there's very little that interests me less in the world than either Moby Dick or tarot card readings. And, and we're just gonna, And this book has both. And it's so much of it. It's all like, oh, and this card means this, and this one reversed means that. I'm like, I don't give a shit. Like, I, it, was, it was almost making me angry how long this tarot card scene was going in the middle of this novel. I'm like, <laughs> just get on with Let's give me a book where I can turn the pages. So if you happen to know it, Jason the Argonaut and all these Moby Grail Dick. quests and Moby Dick and also are a big fan of or maybe tarot? a fan of tarot cards. I, d I don't know. Like how, and, how does this go together? It, do that's like, it <laughs> doesn't go together. It's like someone said, all right, take this, take this, mash it together. All the parts, except for the tarot card and some of these other sections, which I was like, oh, come on, just get on with it like that. But there are so many parts of this novel. I'm like, oh, this is really good. Yeah. But then the villain is sort of like this evil, -ha -ha, I'm going to destroy you, little man, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, fuck, this, the, the main conflict at the heart of this book between, you know, Lork and Prince and Ruby and this, I was going to say love triangle, but then that's me acknowledging that it is incestuous. But whatever it is, it's sort of like, oh, I need to get Ruby away because her bosoms are so beautiful and i need to save her bosoms from her evil brother wait wait just, wait what is that what it says pretty pretty much like oh you're beautiful and have good bosoms your breasts are really good i think i'm in love with you and come and come away and kiss me oh, rather than like be a, your, a main henchman for your evil brother and it's it's so <laughs> much of this book is Cringe. so yeah, it, some of it is so cringeworthy. Some of it is like dated. So, like it's super racist in ways which are like, oh fuck, oh yeah, nineteen sixty-seven. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You know, it's it's so much of that. But there's so much good stuff in there. Like you say, all the cyberpunk precursor yeah. stuff, the world building, the party scene, just some of the action, like the mind bendingness of flying through an, a supernova. Loads of really good stuff weighed down by like 45 minute tarot card scenes and just layers and layers of literary dick swinging. Uh, tick uh, whatever you want to go to, <laughs> yeah. scratch it off Bing. then anyways that's it yeah. a, 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 a book worth a book that I've had a lot of I had fun reading but also dreaded and that's the reason why this like I was on this uh, regular schedule of like I think it was like every Saturday we're like oh I finished the book let's do the review yeah. this book took like two and a half weeks to finish and it's like seven hours long or eight hours long of the audiobook yeah um uh, narrated by Stefan Rudnicki because I think every one of Stefan either every book that's narrated by Stefan Stefan Rudnicki is now in the Audible Free Library or it's the other way around okay. the Free Library is purely Stefan Rudnicki doing uh, readings of uh, of stuff. Okay, well that's interesting, but I'm, it's really funny that you still give it. I mean, yes, I can't think I understand why you give it three. What what do you give it three or three point five? I'm going to give it three point five stars because there was enough in this book that I enjoyed. Okay, but it only. It, 
like you you have to you have to forgive so much and i've seen so many other people do literary devices and fun references to other literature and the experimental storytelling yeah. and bringing this in like again those those kind of things elevate a book to five stars for me yes you know what i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. like when when uh, ian and banks does something with use of weapons or something like that, i'm like oh five stars oh that's that's what he's doing there is incredible it's it's experimental yeah. It's it's highly it's trying to be literature and succeeding because in the storytelling in the itself. storytelling yeah. and also succeeding as literature yeah. you uh, know, for some reason because the literature it r- impacts the emotional and uh, story and all these other kind of things those emotional journeys that you yeah. take you on the literary devices that you're playing with and the symbolism I mean like Use of Weapons is a book which is like everything is symbolism like to yeah, the yeah, point where course. somebody on and on this forum that I chat on mentioned something about a chair and then somebody mentioned something about um use of weapons and then like the the four people who get who read that book like were like oh, oh like, shit oh, oh shit and then somebody else was like oh yeah it doesn't sound so bad it's all like no no you don't you gotta if you read this novel you understand why we're all going oh shit or something Sorry. like that you know um, um so can, yeah there are get, books which I, uh, do this can do this this book doesn't do it it's attempting to do it and it might have done it for some people in the 1960s but those literary references don't work with me and the experiments uh, the literary experiments like the the references that it's making don't work with me and the experimentation doesn't work with me yeah. whereas a book like the the light brigade by cameron hurley is doing literature like references to literature which does work for me mm. and also doing interesting storytelling and like out of sequence all this other kind of weird stuff which does work okay so when this stuff does work five stars when it doesn't work there's still enough to go for it which gives it's it three and a half three, but yeah. it's this book is not a five star book I had a strong thing in my head, which I now want to put out, even though this mm-hmm. would be a good cutoff point and end to it. I want to point out that I just had food in my head. Food. And, uh, but <laughs> not food. Time. But what I had in my head is uh, like these um, these meals, like star-worthy meals. Oh, yeah, like and tasting what menus. You, like yeah. the, like, and we, we went, for, like when there was the time when yeah. we went to fancy restaurants, yeah. we went to some fancy restaurants. Yeah. And what happens is... In, they they went so down to the core of the taste things yeah. that you had lots of little things on your plate. Yeah. And you ate every in the little bit in individual yeah. bit and it tasted amazing. Yeah, each thing can taste well. Yes. Yeah, so and the the overall meal, if you get a meal which consists of these individual amazing flavors yeah. and then you mix them up together yeah. and you eat them yeah you mix like all of them and then eat them together and it's this amazing taste explosion yeah this is a five-star novel yeah, yeah, yeah. and this feels m- very much like you have all these little bits and they are like individually they taste amazing and then you yeah. put them together and think like uh, yeah, well, yeah this is a bit fishy <laughs> no but also yeah like also i really really dislike grapefruit and then like and grapefruit for the main course i'm like oh main course grapefruit oh it's yeah it's it's i know i understand the analogy you're going for yeah it's good this is like i like either like a really good like meal or you can do like a tasting menu where there's like lots of li- like lots of small things yeah, or and like individually really they're fine. Yeah, fine cuisine yeah, where yeah, you have yeah. one plate and you have all these. It's a good little... analogy. I yeah. like the analogy. Good. All right, Thank so let's you. let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. I, I'm already on to my next novel. It's called In the Quick by. Oh no, I can't. Uh, I don't have. I don't have the. the author. Oh, I could actually just look on my phone. Um, in the quick, you're reading In the Quick. I'm reading The Steers Woman. The Steers Woman. The Steers Woman. The Steers Woman. Steers yeah. Woman. Isn't uh, that a series? 
Yeah. Uh, somebody said there was a yes. Uh, I by like Hope we're Day. All both now. Kate Hope Day in the quick. Uh, looking on our phones about halfway through that already so the next episode we need to get this five uh, we need to get this 450 episode uh, out the way oh yes quick because i'm going to finish up my book and you're going to finish up my book we're going to have a backlog yeah so my my book is this dearest woman by rosemary kirstein yeah that was recommended by sfbrp listeners on the sfbrp listener group it was so let's wrap it up there thanks a lot for oh no no uh email me luke at (laughs) juggler.net and get back to us for episode 450 yes um, with ideas for for, like a big big theme to talk about a topic to talk about or whatever yeah this is a longer episode um Let's, uh, uh, yeah, because my monitor is like behind me. I haven't been keeping track of the time. So yeah, well. I'm sorry. Um, I, I added 10 minutes to it. Yeah, but I can, think it was worth no, it because it's it's good. I can also add something to it's it. Good. Even uh, if it's I'm not just, book related. It's just a pity there was no real segue to the main topic because I already <laughs> no. had what I wanted to do. Yes. Um, anyway, uh, you can you can follow us and chat with us and, and like give us suggestions on Goodreads. Yeah, goodreads.com and then check out the SFBRP listener group and that's a great way to, if you want to re- want us to read a book. Also, thank you so much to all our Patreon supporters. I know yes, quite a few of those yes. are jugglers but we do have some Patreon supporters for, who really enjoy the Science Fiction Book Review Podcast. Thank you so much. So if you've given us $1 or $5 or $10, someone's any, actually giving us $25 email. a month. <gasps> wow. Um, and they won't replace my emails. I'm like, you get to pick the topic for that. <laughs> You can get you. you they pick don't want the, that. Okay, well then we just read the books that if, we want. I know it is great. So <laughs> I just want to say thank you very much for all our Patreon supporters. You can find us there, patreon.com forward slash Luke Burridge again. Oh, also track two of my science fiction um comedy horror, horror. <laughs> musical that I've written. Track two is out and it took a long time, but check that out. That's called Starship Terra Nova. I'm also posting that there on Patreon and you can uh, yeah you can find it on YouTube as well. You, yeah, find it on YouTube. Yeah. Starship Terra Nova, which is uh, I I've written uh, half the story and half the music to it and now I'm making some music videos to go along with it which are which are telling the story in movie form. But it That's does turn it does turn cool. out I've pretty much signed myself up for creating from scratch an entire <laughs> animation no not just an anime, but like an entire like movie like like feature movie length um the, a score and animation and story and characters and stuff like that yes. so I've, i might have bitten off more than i can chew but i'm chewing it i'm chewing it hard and track one and two i'm very proud of and they're both up there on my youtube channel so check that out on youtube.com forward slash luke burridge i guess that'll make it out so yeah. i'm very excited about that that's it from us thanks a lot for listening and we'll catch you next time goodbye